Mike Check This, episode uh, 24. And today I have a very special guest. Guest, introduce yourself. Um, yeah, I'm his son. Oh my God. We're off to a great start. <laughs> this is my son, Sean. Sean is joining me today because I do not want to talk about politics at all. I'm fed up with uh, the election and COVID and all of that. And plus, it would probably be good if I got an episode in where I didn't say the F word too many times. So he's here to assist and make sure that I don't do that. And with the release of Wonder Woman 1984 and his and my love of all things comic books, for those who watch the video, you've seen my Green Lantern stuff in the background. Uh, we are going to discuss... DC Comics today, the different heroes, villains, and what his thoughts are, and what my thoughts are, since I've uh, been around it for a little bit longer than him. Not a whole lot. I'm still very young. All right. What was your thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984? I loved it. It was awesome. You have to actually speak up and talk to the microphone. You can't just sit over there and uh, mumble rap this thing. I loved it. It was awesome. Loved it. It was awesome. Breathtaking review there. What did you like about it specifically? Well, I didn't know that Barbara, I don't know what her last name is. I don't know. She was Cheetah, and that caught me by surprise, and I loved that. But it was different than the Cheetah I've seen in other like comics. So the live-action Cheetah was uh, a little bit something different that yeah. caught you off guard? Yeah, she was, uh, her final transformation was a little bit uh, weird-looking, yeah. But I guess, I so I kind of, the way I feel about that is, you know, with the CG on um, that kind of stuff, I don't think that the DC movies have been as good with their CG as the Marvel movies have been. Like, the way that they make Thanos and... The Incredible Hulk and the different characters in the Marvel Universe, the way their graphics go, they really do an excellent job of capturing those characters and bringing what you see in the comic books to life. Whereas what you kind of get from DC with their uh, renditions of those characters in the live action movies, it seems like there's something off with the CGI and it never quite uh, matches up very satisfactorily to what you're used to seeing especially because and you and i have talked about this some because we both love young justice and you've got like all of the justice league uh uh cartoon movies um dc has a has done a really really good job with their animated movies the justice league doom and new frontier uh Batman and Superman Apocalypse, like Batman and Superman, uh, what's the one, Public Enemies, where Lax Luthor is the president. Oh, and yeah. So, like, DC has done an excellent job over the years with the presentation of their animated series and their animated uh, movies, but the live action just doesn't really, it doesn't really deliver what you would hope for, and it? So, do you have any thoughts on that or anything? Not really. You said it pretty well. 
you're a terrible guest. We're going to work on this for next time. And you have to project. There's the microphone right here in front of you. You got to talk at the microphone and look at the screen. We're going to have to edit all of this out. It's going to be terrible. 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 My entire listenership is going to drop off to zero because I got a guest who doesn't project. Because your son sucks. I didn't say that. I do need to Pretty pause much. this, though. All right. Picking back up where we left off before I had to uh, take a break. So we've established that the DC Universe does a good job with their animated series and animated movies, but not so much with the CG on the live action stuff. So what else did you uh, what else did you think about Wonder Woman 1984? What were some other thoughts on the movie? I think they kind of overdid Cheetah with her abilities and powers, kind of. Well, so in the comics, her powers uh, or her abilities, her strength and everything, she is kind of a it was a it was a good reflection because she was a an effective match for Wonder Woman in a lot of the I do you remember uh since we've talked about it, <clears throat> the Justice League Doom, where they had the Batman had the contingency plan for how to neutralize or eliminate all of the Justice League in the event that they went rogue. And the one that he had for uh, Wonder Woman was basically a like a gas or a, a, a thing that made her see everyone as Cheetah and would just basically fight oh, right. fight herself to death so so in the comics like there is some uh some relevance to that where it lines up that you know that was sort of her cheetah's thing was uh being a more a more feral uh unprincipled not good version of wonder woman what else Speak up, project. I don't understand the wishing stone exactly because I know when when Wonder Woman went to pick up like the ring that was left of the wishing stone and she saw like the engraving on the inside. I don't understand why she just like immediately dropped it. Well, she saw the she saw the wording of it and realized that it was something that had come from a one of the gods. Yeah, I know, but I didn't understand. Why she wasn't able to just hold it still. Well, that's for dramatic effect. <laughs> the dropping something is like it wasn't going to the ring wasn't going to hurt her or anything. But when she saw it, it was the dramatic effect of dropping it because she realized the the full level of what it was and the potential that it had for being something evil and bad. Mm, I just think it's stupid. Well, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> that's a that's a thematic element of movies and shows and stuff is to be uh, over the top dramatic like that. Anything else? What did you like about it? How about that? Uh, I liked the fight scenes between Cheetah and Wonder Woman, and I also liked having. Uh, I liked the was his name Jack, right? Jack, the pilot. Yeah. I like that he came back and I thought it was kind of cool that what, like, that 
that dude, I don't remember what his name is. Gold, the black gold guy. Mm-hmm. Something Lord. Mm-hmm. Don't but I think it was cool that he like absorbed the power of the stone. Yeah, that was kind of the uh like wishing for more wishes thing instead of wishing for more wishes he wished to become the stone itself so then he could just grant Everyone. everyone's wishes and then that was that was sort of a first so i thought he was kind of a uh flimsy bad guy as far as a like a superhero movie bad guy goes like He's just a dude that has the ability to grant wishes. Like he didn't even have any uh, immortality or superpowers or anything like that. Like he just uh, beyond the the ability to grant the wishes. He pretty much seemed useless. Yeah, he was. But but what you do want from a villain is someone who is smart and understands what they're doing, not just someone who's bad for the sake of being bad. And he. He understood the nature of the wishing, the wish, the the stone. Like when he asked to become the stone, he understood that in granting people's wishes, the stone also took something. And so he used that to his advantage yeah. to to grant people their wishes while also taking what he wanted in return. So I, I, there was a there was a a high level of intelligence involved in that character to to understand that and to use that to his advantage but yeah i mean as far as just being a a bad guy goes like he kind of it was kind of ridiculous the and he kind of he was kind of flat as far as that went i thought i didn't really like him too much he was you have to get your hand out from in front of your face and actually speak i didn't really like him too much i thought he was kind of weird for a DC villain, considering we have Joker, Killer Croc, literally any of them. Right. Yeah, uh, that's... The Wonder Woman um, villains, other than Cheetah, never were, like, really, really really great. I don't know. Uh, So, we can talk about this, because I love DC. I love DC. Like, as far as the... As far as the emblems and like the symbols, like the Superman shield and the Green Lantern symbol, the Batman light in the sky, uh, the Flash lightning bolt, like all of the the emblems and the symbolism of DC, like they really capture that stuff in a way that is iconic and rememberable. But as far as their heroes and villains go, like they've, they've added nuance over the years, but a lot of it was like, like Superman is just that absolute boy scout, goody, goody, good guy. And until like you got into the nineties with the death of Superman and, and the rise of the other Superman and then Superman coming back from the dead. Prior to that, like you really didn't get a whole lot of, uh, of nuance with his character. Like he was just a good guy and there was nothing about him other than he was a good guy. 
And honestly, even now, even in a lot of the DC animated movies and series and stuff like that, like Superman is always just the embodiment of a really good guy who has superpowers. And that's why I always like and appreciate Batman a lot more because for as much as Batman is a good guy, Batman also has a lot of uh, less than good characteristics and traits about him. Why are you making a face? I got something stuck on my lip. Quit touching your face. When you speak, speak towards the mic. Like this is real basic stuff. Trying to teach you how to do this sort of thing so you can participate with me. Lord. I like Batman. He's my favorite. Well, when you say that, say it to the microphone. Batman is my favorite. (sighs) Jesus, we're going to take an ad break. All right, so why don't we try to discuss the villains? Because you talked about your problems with Cheetah, and you talked about your problems with, uh, what's-her-face? No, uh, Maxwell Lord. Lord, yeah. The uh, off-putting Wonder Woman 1984 uh, villain. So let, let me just give my quick review of Wonder Woman 1984, because I did really like the movie but I didn't feel like the movie brought a whole lot to the DC cinematic universe or really even the story of Wonder Woman. Like it didn't, it didn't serve a whole lot of purpose to advance anything about what DC may be trying to do as a, like as a movie enterprise. Uh, So like I, I really liked the first what five or ten minutes of the show where she's in the race as a little girl like racing against oh, all the awesome. others yeah you have to project and speak towards the I mic. said that was awesome so yeah so so that was really cool and like i really hoped that at some point during the course of the movie like we're going to get a reference back to that like it's somehow it's going to play a bigger role but they don't at all yeah, like it, they never come back to it. You never get to revisit that. So there wasn't really a point in it. Right, exactly. That's if you're going to give us something like that, but especially a flashback like that to her childhood, but then never connect it to anything again for the rest of the movie, like it just didn't serve a lot of purpose. Like it was, it was exciting and it was a cool start. And then it failed to deliver anything after that. And yeah, the. Uh, her boyfriend coming back, like, I thought that was awesome. I guess it was cool to get to see him again, but again, that didn't serve a lot of purpose because, like, we know, we know he died, and we've already seen the Justice League movies, and we know he's, you know, still dead by the time they get to modern day Justice League. So, what's the point of? bringing him back just for a cameo appearance to then make him disappear again at some point during the movie. Like I, I didn't dislike him being in it. I just didn't see a lot of point in him being in it. Well, I think it was just because they were trying to add on to this whole wishing thing, the wishing stone thing, because you are not talking loudly. I think they were trying to add on to the whole wishing stone thing because Barbara had a wish. And Wonder Woman had a wish. And then 
Maxwell Lord had his wish. Just ruined everything. And I think they were just trying to build something. Like, under help people understand what the Wishing Stone is. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I just didn't see a whole lot of point in... I mean, she's a... Effectively, Wonder Woman is an immortal being that's the daughter of a god, and like her her wish is to have this random dude from... I mean, at this point, it's Wonder Woman 1984, and World War II, or World War I is where the first movie was set, and that happens, you know, pre-1920. So, at this point, the guy's been dead for over 60 years, and, like, that's her one big wish in her however long of a life, because we don't know how long or at least for the movie side of it, they haven't established how long she's been alive, how long she was uh, alive prior to their island being discovered in the first Wonder Woman. So, so like in her hundreds and hundreds of years of life, her one wish was to have this dude that she met 60 years ago back. Yeah, that's, I, I think... Personally, for me, if I was, you know, I don't know. I just, it, that feels like a uh, a kind of a silly thing to tack on to her. And it also seems very un-Wonder Woman-ish. Like, that's that's not something that would, uh, that would resonate as a long-term thing. Well, one of the cool things when he came back that I saw was that when... He came back, and he was in that whole different body. He came back and said, like, the thing, the part where he said, I wish we had more time, and then put the watch in her hand, because that was a big part in the movie, the first movie. Okay. And then it cuts to her having, well, I don't know if it cut to it, but. Well, that's what, that's what. She had the old watch by her bed the whole time. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what helped her realize who he was because it was him in a different body. So like, it wasn't really him, but it was also him, which was another thing about the way the stone works, you know, because it didn't exactly bring him back. It just brought him back in a manner of speaking. I just didn't, I didn't really understand how she saw him, like him instead of that dude. Does that make sense? Have you ever seen a picture of yourself and you were like, it's not the way I thought I looked or heard yourself like, <clears throat> after we get done with this, we can listen to this <coughs> and you'll get to hear yourself talk, assuming that you can actually hear yourself since you've mumbled and not actually spoken towards the Shut microphone most, most of the time. But if you can actually hear yourself, you're probably going to think, oh, wow, I sound a lot different on here than what I sound in my head. So maybe that's just a so kind of a play you, on that. So how I think you sound like in your head, you sound like a brute or something, and then you turn out, and it's like your super girly voice. Do I have a super girly voice? Yep. I'm going to body slam you. <laughs> so moving on, we're going to take a quick commercial break for the body slamming of Carrying on, final final section of the show. 
body slamming has been performed. <laughs> what he, body slamming? He has recovered successfully. <laughs> All right. Let's run down it. I want to know what your top five uh, DC superheroes are, top five DC supervillains, and why. Go. Okay. My favorite uh, DC superhero is Batman. It's always been Batman ever since I was little. And then my second DC, my favorite DC supervillain, well, superhero, it's Green Lantern, because when I was little, you told me you were Green Lantern. Should I tell that story? Yes. So, the story behind that, when, when Sean was little, we started watching the Young Justice series. He, he was too young to understand the Young Justice series, and uh, more of our time spent watching it was actually him napping and me watching it. But whatever, I'm a big <laughs> kid, and I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, we've actually got to watch season three at some point. We, we got started on Titans. Uh, and then, so, awesome. yeah, Titans is pretty good too. Uh, so, but we need to, we need to watch the, the most recent series of Young Justice. Uh, so, so we were watching Young Justice and he was a little fellow. He probably, what, three, four years old, if even that. And, uh, yeah, pretty much. And Batman was on the screen and Sean goes, dad, do you know Batman? And he just meant, did I know who Batman was as far as on the show? But I said, of course I know Batman. I used to be a Green Lantern. And please don't bang stuff on the desk. I you can actually hear that. On the desk. You just banged it on the desk. Lord Jesus. I got a lot to teach you about podcasting if you're going to be a successful podcaster in the future. So anyway, I said, yeah, of course I know Batman. I used to be a Green Lantern. And he's like, Really? I was like, yeah, when I was in college, I was a, a Green Lantern. And then when you were born, I had to retire because, you know, we can't have uh, intergalactic supervillains coming after my son to try to get to me. And like, so, I, you know, I turned him a ring and hung it up. Well, uh, he, it was the cutest thing ever. I wish he was still that cute. He, he goes running upstairs and he grabs his Green Lantern mask and his little light up Green Lantern ring. And he comes back downstairs and he puts his mask on and he puts his ring on. And he pops the ring and he makes it glow. And he said, since you can't do it anymore, I'll be Green Lantern. And it was just the most adorable thing ever. And so from there on, I guess, what? I mean, you were probably eight or nine years old, even. Like, it was just uh, within the last few years when you, because all you and all of your little friends, like, y'all would ask me to tell you about my Green Lantern experiences. I mean, you were probably at least six or seven years old before you figured out that it was all a, uh, just me telling stories. Papa used to tell us he was Superman. He was one of the Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever, uh, during the death of Superman and the reign of the Superman, Papa was, uh, I think he was the, uh, what was the one that had the goggles and the glowing hands? I don't remember his name, but he yeah. was awesome. Yeah, after uh, after Superman kicked his ass pretty good, when Superman came back, he uh, he hung up his cape and he hadn't used his powers since then. It's kind of disappointing for a you know a retired Green Lantern. Like we could have had some good sparring matches, but he refuses to he refuses to use his powers. It was really weird when when they dug him up out of that capsule in the Arctic and he came home. Like that was uh, that was kind of 
kind of strange, you know, for me, because at, at that time I was like maybe eight or nine years old. So it's a little bit, uh, a little bit unsettling to, to see your father be dropped off by robots on the farm and uh, have him with, you know, glowing hands and, and then to go on to fight Superman and stuff like really, really weird stuff. But, you know, it helped propel me into my career as a, as a Green Lantern, which, which was short lived. And, you know, that was during my, uh, extremely Republican, uh, phase of life when I was all about the, the thin green line and, uh, you know, joined the Green Lantern Corps and got to be a intergalactic police officer, which when you come from earth and you've got the greatest Green Lantern of all time in Hal Jordan, and then you've also got, you know, just a total asshole of Guy Gardner and and then the only African-American Green Lantern in the universe with John Williams. And then you got Kyle Rayner, who, even though he's not technically a Green Lantern anymore, like he used to be a Green Lantern and now he's Ion and he still has all of the Green Lantern powers. And, you know, when you got those four guys and you're just the other Green Lantern there's really not a lot for you to do. You know, you're not, you're not going to be making a whole lot of cameo appearances in any uh, movies or, or comic books. Like basically I just got to go like park out on the dark side of the moon and uh, give people speeding tickets for flying through our uh, residential zone of earth too fast. And, you know, and, and that's probably what turned me towards libertarianism was realizing that like these guys aren't hurting anybody. They're not, it's not like they're, you know, recklessly flying through a heavily populated portion of space. They're just trying to get to work probably and going a little bit too fast. And I'm out here giving them tickets. Like I'm that jerk. Uh, You know, that's probably what, that's probably what pushed me in my first steps towards being a libertarian was spending time as a, an intergalactic police officer with the Green Lantern Corps. But anyway, what were you saying? What, so you got uh, Batman's number one, Green Lantern's number two. Who's number three? And Superman. Although I don't really, I don't, I don't dislike Superman, I don't, but I don't really like him. But I've always, I, I like him because Papa used to tell me stories of how he was Superman, and that was awesome. Okay, and then. Number four. Mm. Martian Manhunter. The Martian Manhunter. Yes, he is a very... uh, So the Martian Manhunter is an underappreciated character in the DC universe for sure. Yeah, Martian Manhunter I've always thought was just awesome. I enjoy his... uh, So the Martian Manhunter has a different outlook on things and he kind of brings a level of being a good guy that because he comes from um, effectively an extinct species on Mars and the way his uh, worldview and view of life and everything is kind of shaped because of his experiences. He really, he's a very unique character. And I I do like the way uh, I do like the way that DC has handled his character over the years and kind of, he's grown and developed and he is a, he is definitely like uh, in the DC universe, especially like if the, uh, 
the Justice League cartoon series that ran for several years, like his character was always really, really fascinating and an excellent character. And his character in all of the DC animated movies is really good. I hope, I hope at some point they figure out a way to effectively <coughs> incorporate him into the DC movie universe and and I hope they do the character justice. I I wish I, they'd give him a like a origin story, but like a movie, right? I wish they'd give him a movie, like how they've given Wonder Woman her origin story. I wish they'd do that for Martian Manhunter because he's an awesome character, but they don't put him in enough. Well, I mean, so far they haven't put him in at all with those movies. But and then my fifth, I'm pretty sure his name's Red Tornado. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I thought he was awesome. That's like one of the coolest characters I have ever seen. So Red Tornado is really interesting because <clears throat> there's a there's a whole story arc with the Red Tornado in the Justice League or the Young, Young Justice, Justice because that's the first place I ever saw yeah. him. and I loved 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 him. And he's because a he's an android that or a cyborg that uh, was meant for them to train, right? Yeah. Well, he he was. He had other purposes, but that's what he becomes is like a kind of a caretaker and a training partner. And like he becomes a good guy, but he wasn't built to be good. And there's a whole story arc of that in the Young Justice series where it looks at all of the other uh, cyborgs that were also created that are evil. And uh, yeah, it's uh, the Red Tornado story arc is very neat. And and he has some. We'll have to we'll have to get on the uh, comicsology or something and pull some uh, some comic book issues that have more about him and because that is a he is an interesting character. We definitely need to go watch once we get done with this. I think we either need to watch more Titans or we need to watch uh, Young Justice. Young Justice season three. Yeah, I think we should watch Young Justice because we started that forever ago and we never watched season three. Well. We never watched season three because Cartoon Network is run by a bunch of morons. Exactly. They, so, for those who don't know and aren't familiar with Young Justice, Young Justice ran two full seasons on Cartoon Network. And it was awesome. an incredible show. The The plot and the story and the way they they actually take the time to develop the characters and like and get they get give some you in, a whole background yeah they give you the whole background of the characters throwing you into the show and and you really get to to know the characters and kind of grow with the characters and see how their story and everything develops and grows and and what's really cool about it is the way that like it builds an excellent story like who the bad guys are how deep that organization goes the things that uh, Nightwing and Aqualad and Artemis and Kid uh, Flash, like the things that they're doing to try to put themselves in place to combat that organization, and finding out how deep the how deep the roots go for the bad guys and what their overarching plan is. And how well thought out and what the basically the sidekicks are doing together to combat that 
And all of it is outside of the Justice League. Like the Justice League is doing their own thing and they're involved in scandals and all kinds of other stuff. And so like the way it weaves all of their stories together, it's really, really super well done. And Cartoon Network canceled the show after season two because they weren't selling enough toys. I never saw earmuffs. I never saw a single fucking toy in a store ever. But they weren't selling enough toys, so they canceled the show. Let's go see if we can find some toys. Well, I mean, so anyway, DC started their own uh, network and kicked the show back off on their own. And, <coughs> you know, so there's hope going forward. And, and I think they'll keep making it. Uh, and DC I is... I they keep making it. Yeah, and it's so all show. of the all of the DC content is moving to HBO Max, which is really awesome for us because I've got HBO Max. So, so you know, it works out really well. Uh for us, but yeah, I mean, the reason we stopped watching Young Justice for so long is because there was no Young Justice for so long because Cartoon Network, Cartoon Network is a bunch of morons. Cartoon Network is a bunch of morons. We should just name it Moron Network. <laughs> I can't say too much bad. I mean, well, we do, they do give us Adult Swim, which brings us Rick and Morty, and I love some Rick and Morty. I mean, every once in a while, I, I watch some Rick and Morty. When you're not paying attention, I like you're back to mumble rapping. Can you actually speak and project yourself every once in a while while he's not paying attention and he's in the, in the living room on the couch? I want us sneak in there and watch some Rick and Morty too. Great, love it. Well, and then he catches me and gets mad. Let's go through my favorite heroes. Obviously, obviously, number one is Guy Garden or is uh, Hal Jordan. Green Lantern. And then number two is John Williams. Green Lantern. And then number three is Guy Gardner. Green Lantern. And then number four is Kyle Rayner. Ion. Former Green Lantern. And then number five is me. Retired Green Lantern. Top five. All the Green Lanterns. Right here. Actually, I do love the Green Lantern. Uh, Hal Jordan is awesome. So, so I would probably put Hal, Hal Jordan as number one, and then number two, uh, I think I'd go with Batman. Batman's awesome. Batman's awesome. Batman. For number three, I go with Steel. Yeah. Yeah. So, for those who no, you can't have my coffee. For those who don't know the story of Steel. During, because we talked about the uh, the death of Superman and the reign of the Superman, yes. and and my dad and his role in being one of the counterfeit Superman. Uh, there was also Steel, who is kind of like the uh, DC version of Iron Man to an extent, but instead of Iron, he's Steel. <laughs> but he uh, he had been re- he was a construction worker who had been rescued by Superman on a job site once. And then uh, when Superman died, he had he was also a brilliant uh, engineer, engineer and weapons manufacturer or weapons developer. And uh, along the same arc as Iron Man, like he kind of uh, he saw what was being done with the things that he had made and didn't particularly care for it. And so so a big part of his story arc is where he tries to do good in the world 
after Superman dies by building a suit of armor and going out and being, uh, he never claims to be Superman. He is just trying to carry on in the vein of Superman and help people. He's uh, pretty much a counterfeit Iron Man. I mean, yeah, it's he. he he's the DC, uh, the DC version of Iron Man. But Iron Man is my number one favorite superhero in the Marvel universe. Spoiler alert for when we do the next comic book crossover episode with guest star Sean. Uh, but yeah, so so obviously, since Iron Man is my favorite comic Marvel hero, it makes sense that I would put, you know, the DC counterfeit Iron Man somewhere in my top five. Uh, and then, after that, I think I would go with Aquaman, because Jason. when I had my long hair and my beautiful like beard, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is essentially my twin. Like He wishes he was as buff as me, but you know, whatever. <laughs> So Aquaman will come in at number four. He was it's not as you're not as buff as him. Have you seen the commercial where he takes off all of his fake his fake suit and he's just a little skinny dude? He's like skinnier than Uncle Nate. And then number five, I would go with Blue Beetle. Uh I like the because I like the origin of the original Blue Beetle, and then I really like the way they've brought in the new Blue Beetle and the storyline of how the Scarab works, and and then that also gets into some Young Justice stuff. But there's there's a very interesting storyline with the Blue Beetle and how all of that works, and uh, I really I really really like that. Uh, I like that's one of those things that there is. I like the characters in in the DC universe that have some uh, some substance to them and some nuance and uh some layers and complexity to their story like i just i just don't like superman like he's an alien that came from another world and now he's just some goody goody gosh gotta do the right thing all the time like i mean you can break a little bit of rules if you're saving people's lives you could also not mumble when you're talking on the podcast shut up dad <laughs> so yeah i mean I, I i don't i just I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of room for the black and white cut and dry uh, heroes in the see Lex Luthor and the Joker are both brilliant brilliant uh, villains because there are what save it until we would do the uh, favorite super villains. Well, maybe I'm doing the villains now. Maybe I'm going to go first on the villains, and then you get to go second. You didn't even do all five of your superheroes! Oh, God. Hal Jordan. Batman. Batman. Steel. Aquaman. Blue Beetle. Oh. So Lex Luthor and the Joker are excellent villains as far as DC goes, because... Like there's a lot of there's a lot of substance and nuance to to them as characters, right? Yes. Because like for as evil as we know that Lex Luthor is, he still becomes president. Like he's a brilliant guy, and 
there are things that he does and the way that he approaches things that are not all bad, even if he is extremely bad. So, so like he's a, he's a complex character because like, if you think about it from just an average, so like what, what is Lex Luthor's big thing is he hates Superman, but I mean, who doesn't? He stands against this all-powerful being that could basically destroy the world at any point if you wanted to. Like, Lex Luthor's big character flaw is not liking the guy that could be the ultimate fascist. Like, and then the Joker, like, for as much as the Joker is uh, just this insane, like... Lunatic. Yes, He's he's this insane, chaotic character that just creates mass pandemonium. There are also a lot of uh, there's an, an a high level of intelligence to the way that he does it, and there's for as much as there's never really a plan beyond chaos, there's also always a plan and a a purpose behind the things that he does. So so there's you know there's a high level of sophistication to it that as as much as you you love to hate them and you also kind of love them at the same time because there are things about them that just like yeah I, yeah you know that's uh i guess i could kind of understand where they're coming from there i've never understood why lex luther hated Superman, I don't know if it's in a comic somewhere that I just haven't read, but I don't understand why Lex Luthor hates Superman. Alright, so why, I think what what it really boils down to for why Lex Luthor hates Superman is it was basically like what I said, like, Lex Luthor views Superman as this omnipotent alien being that has no reason. Well, he doesn't have anything holding him back from being the ruler of the planet. So, like, the... What's the one, the Justice League uh, Crisis on Two Earths, where they travel to the parallel universe where where basically Superman rules the planet with the rest of the Justice League, but they're not the Justice League. They're the, is it the crime one? syndicate or whatever they call themselves. Is it where the, like, in Doom, how, is it Doom that the other, like, it's Night Owl or something? No, that's Justice, or uh, Crisis on Two Earths. Okay. Where Night so Owl, like yeah, Night Owl is like the evil Batman and... yeah. That I was just making sure that's what you were talking about. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. So <clears throat> I think that's like Lex Luthor's big uh, fear. Well, not necessarily fear, but that's his big dislike of Superman. Is like the the only thing that the only thing that's holding Superman back from just taking over the planet is the fact that Superman is the Uber Boy Scout. And won't do that. But, you know, what's to stop him from... What's to stop him from doing that? I mean, 
that's the whole premise of the uh, Injustice video game where Joker goes too far and kills everybody, Aaron uh, kills Lois Lane and then Superman snaps and rips Joker's heart out and becomes evil. Uh, I haven't played the Injustice video game. I don't know what you're talking about. You and I played it all the time. Injustice. It's the fighting game. Oh, that's what you're talking about. I thought you were talking about something else. Because what was that game I used to have for the PS2 that had Martian Manhunter? Like, it was the entire Justice League. I think it was just called Justice League. That makes sense. Yeah, that was a pretty good game, too. We uh, I loved it, but... Your mother and I spent way too many hours just <laughs> playing that game over and over and over again. <laughs> I beat it at least ten times. Oh, yeah. But I, my PS2 stopped working, so I can't do anything now. Yeah, life sucks, and then you die. Uh, so, run through your list. Who's the... We've got... Obviously, we got Lex Luthor and the Joker. Who else do we have on our uh, top five villain list? I mean, Dark Side's got to come in there somewhere. Yes, Dark Side was my top. Because, Number one. Yes, I love Dark Side. And then for me, it's Killer Croc. I love Killer Croc. The first time I ever seen him was actually in um, the mm. Batman Arkham Asylum. That was the first one, right? Yeah. Batman Arkham Asylum, the video game, and I love that game. I beat it, actually, a few days ago again, and it was awesome, as usual. And I play that game all the time, and the Killer Croc scene is always my favorite part, because I love running through the sewers, trying to escape him. Okay. And so, my third is Joker. I just watched the movie, like, two months ago. Not with you, because I knew you'd kill me. I watched it alone, without Mom. I loved the movie, and it was awesome. And that was... I understood his backstory now. Like, actually seeing it. And then there was the fourth. My fourth character is... Uh... I think Harley Quinn, because I think she's just an awesome character to the entire franchise of DC. Okay. And then my fifth There's dead spot. You gotta actually talk Got to got to think about this. So I've well, got I've got Lex Luthor and the Joker as one and two, and then I got Dark Side as number three, and then I'm gonna go with Ra's Al Ghul because who doesn't? The Hunter? No, Ra's Al Ghul, the guy that trained Batman, the head of the uh, League of Shadows, and so my fifth one it's that clock dude. It, it was in one of the older Batman comics. He was... They were in this place. And it was a giant clock thing. There, but I don't remember the guy's name. 
You know, actually, I'm just going to go with Red Hood for my last one. Is Red Hood really a bad guy, though? Because Red Hood is Jason Todd, the worst, the the worst Robin ever. Uh, do you know how the Red Hood came to be? Yes, I know the Red Hood backstory. Well, you know the Red Hood was Jason Todd brought back from the dead. But do you know why Jason Todd died to begin with? Because Batman loved him. Well, but why did that happen in the comics? Is what I mean. Do you know why Jason Todd died to begin with? No. Because fans of DC Comics and Batman specifically hated Jason Todd so much because he was the worst Robin ever that the fans killed him? the fans actually voted to have him killed off, and so <laughs> so they killed him off. Because Jason Todd... So, the problem that they had is Jason Todd was... Uh, he was not well-written as a character. Like, he was... And maybe it was deliberate. Maybe they were trying to be more edgy with it. But for a Robin character, he was way too much of an asshole. And just everybody hated him. And so they killed him off. Yeah, so then he comes back from the dead as the Red Hood. But, you know... <clears throat> But after after you get through like the initial him being the bad guy in the red hood, he ends up going back to be. I mean, he's uh he's much more in the uh, in the vein of like a Deadpool type of uh, hero. Like he he does a lot of really bad well, stuff, but he's still he's not he's not take. Oh, okay. So he's more like the Punisher. Like he he's like the DC version of the Punisher. Like he's he's not necessarily a bad guy, but he's 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 also not really a good guy. Like he doesn't do good things, but he does things for good reasons. Does that does that make sense? Hold up. So, have you played the new Batman video game? Uh, Arkham City. No. Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. Some. So, Jason Todd is Arkham Knight in that game. Okay. And the whole game he is working with Scarecrow to kill Arkham Knight. Well, not Arkham. Batman. Batman. He was brainwashed. And I have the comic book where it shows the whole backstory of the Arkham Knight character. Okay. It shows that he was brainwashed by Joker, tortured, and tormented to just kill Batman. To be a weapon. So Jason Todd is a villain. Yeah, but you can undo brainwashing. I mean, look at uh, Winter Soldier. I don't know. We're crossing. He already killed. He already killed Robin in it. In the Batman? Which Robin? The bald one. Who's the bald one? He's got his head shaved. I'm you gotta play the game. I'm gonna have to play the game, I guess. Get caught up on all of this. And it's, this is a good... And you took the PS4, so I can't play it anymore. So I don't haven't beat it yet. Jerk. Your mother has the game over at her house. Shut up. <laughs> So, so this this is a good way to wrap. This is a good way to wrap, because oh, I guess uh, 
Who's my number five? I don't know. I'll figure it out later. Uh, so this is a good way to wrap because so we've gone into a lot of detail with the Injustice video game, the Arkham Knight, Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, uh, like the all of the Batman video games. We've discussed Young Justice. We've discussed almost all of the uh, different Justice League animated movies. And really, for our starting with Wonder Woman 1984, we haven't talked a whole lot about the DC Cinematic Universe because for all the great work that DC does for their video games and the animated movies and animated TV series and everything else. They don't put much effort into their live actions. Yeah, the live action movies kind of suck. Like even they like, do suck. We've watched Titans. Titans is really good. What Titans is awesome. What we've watched of that, uh, like the Flash, Green Arrow. They did. I think they did great on the Flash. Green Arrow. I've watched like half of. Yeah, it, it starts going it. downhill in the last like two or three seasons. But I mean, Green Arrow was very well done. Uh, <clears throat> Legends of Tomorrow. That's it, a, an awesome show. It's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit campy and kind of, and, and kind of uh, goofy for my taste. But as far as just the the storyline and the the production value of the show, like it's really well done. Like a lot of the, we tried watching Doom Patrol. Yeah, that was that was not <laughs> a, for anybody curious. Doom Patrol. Don't watch it with your kids. Yeah, Doom Patrol is not very kid friendly, or at least the first ten minutes is uh, is not very kid friendly. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, we had to. We had to turn that off immediately. Had to turn that one off pretty quick. Uh, I've heard good things about the show, so I really want to watch it. I just we didn't need to skip that part. You know, somehow I have the suspicion that even after we skip that part, the, uh, the other parts aren't going to be a whole lot better. I mean, as far as I've heard, very good things about Doom Patrol is. I'm sure it's a really good show, just not very kid-friendly of a show. But, you know, obviously DC has got some really good things going for them. I just wish they would, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Get their heads out of their asses and pull their cinematic universe together. I think the problem was they started out behind the eight ball. Uh, Marvel got the jump on them with Iron Man and the success of that. And it really kind of started that ball rolling and by the time dc was dc has been crushed by, by that ball right by the time dc was positioned to get into the game they were too far behind and so they instead of trying to build it organically they tried to play catch up really quick and it just didn't make a lot of sense and uh, they should have i think people probably would have been willing to grow slowly with DC and have some good movies that built the characters backstories and introduced them and brought them together organically to create this team and, and everything that's happening. And instead they, they basically tried to project warp speed, the thing into existence in like two and a half years and just kind of fell flat on its face. And, uh, 
I don't know. They went for uh, they went for star power over uh, substance, and I don't know. You got anything you want to add? Nope, don't think so. This was fun. Yep. Maybe next time you'll be better. Shut up. We'll do that some. That was great. <laughs> next time we do this, we'll talk about Marvel and our favorite characters and super villains. Yeah, we'll have we'll have a lot more to talk about on Marvel. I'm sure. Yes, uh, we watched all of the movies. So that's it. Have a happy New Year. And I will see you again next week, hoping to get some uh, some of my peddling fiction friends peddling fiction friends on here, and do some more interviews with folks, and uh, have a little fun with the politics stuff going into twenty twenty one. It's going to be an exciting year. It can only be better than twenty twenty, right? What? Oh, <laughs> later. Yep.